Hey everybody, it's Enrica and welcome back to Chasing Christ. I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys, I hate doing intros. Like I cringe every single time that I make them because I'm just like, this is not me. Today we're going to do something different. We're just going to jump right into the episode, which I'm sure you guys would just love. I debated a lot on like figuring out what I wanted to like title this episode because I was back and forth between a lot of different titles just because I feel like all of them are kind of like the same thing. So I'm just going to go with the title that I wrote down in my notes. And if it changes, then forgive me. But we're just going to go with the flow today. So today's episode is titled Overcoming Religious Trauma. Right off the bat, I feel like a lot of people are going to be offended by this. If you're offended by this episode, then you're probably one of the people that I'm talking about in the episode, which is going to be kind of... Don't let it be a bad thing. Let it be like a learning process not that i'm here to judge anybody but this is something that needs to be talked about because i feel like so many people struggle with this and they have no idea why it started or where it came from and these people need to be held accountable for the things that they've said and done to kind of just like deface god as a person and a character so yeah we're just gonna get right into it so in one way or another like we've all been affected by like a modern day pharisee and if you don't know what a pharisee is back around the time when like jesus was like starting his ministry like when he was here on earth there were a whole bunch of like leaders they dressed in like the best clothes and they gave the most money to the churches and they were always following the rules and they were very on point but those people who are called pharisees they had no love in their heart and those are the same people that killed jesus christ so like i said a modern day pharisee could be your aunt could be your uncle could be your dad could be a church leader could be your pastor you know they are everywhere and it's so scary how much you know people are so afraid to have a relationship with god because of these people because these people they don't judge you by your character or who you are or what you do they judge you by your appearance and it's so scary that there are people like that in like churches like you know what I'm saying? Like, we're supposed to have a heart that's of God, but yet, you know, we're judging people based on how many tattoos they have or piercings or the kind of clothes they're wearing. So, you know, it just brings me back to say that, like, you know, in one way or another, we've all been affected by someone who's like super religious and they've made church and God become like a very like mm, standoffish thing in your life. Like it kind of turned you away from God or turned you away from Christianity as a whole because of the kind of person that came to you. And, you know, it's super sad because, you know, like I'll, a lot of people like my age will be like, well, I don't know how you want to be a Christian because like there's so many rules and people are so mean and nasty and judgmental. And I'm just like, wow, like if only they knew that God was nothing like these people. Like, you know, it's so sad that a lot of people's relationships with Jesus Christ have been severed because of other people. So I'm going to do a little story time for you guys because why not? So I think I was about nine years old when this happened to me or maybe 10. So I remember I always spent summers in Jamaica. This is something that I've always done like since I was born because most of my family is Jamaican. So I remember spending some time in the country in Jamaica and um, I was staying with, they weren't relatives, but they were like family friends, you could say. So I remember staying with them and they were super religious like they were very religious they went to church very frequently which i never had a problem with like i never hated church growing up i did think it was very long sometimes but i was always interested in church as a kid like you know i wouldn't like fall asleep but i would definitely always pay attention so i remember you know just being in church and like i remember 
just like the pastor preaching with like so much hate. And I was just like, hmm, like, I don't think this is right. So, you know, from a kid, I started to think to myself, okay, maybe God only loves you if you do the right thing. So this is like when my like religious trauma like started to like form at such a young age. Like I remember like thinking like a bad thought and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to go to hell now. Or like if I would say the wrong thing or if I would say no to my parents, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to hell because he preached with so much fear and anxiety. So I was very like, on the fence like I feel like I had to like hold my breath having a relationship with God you know and I was nine years old so like this is not something a nine-year-old should be worried about so I remember you know as I was saying I was staying with the family friends and you know one day you know one day the person that I was staying with she came up to me and then she asked me if I was baptized you know at nine years old and I was like no but I remember like being like christened as a kid And she was like, well, you know that if you go, she's like, well, you know that if you die right now or God comes back right now, you're going to go to hell because you're not baptized. That scared the living crap out of me. Could you imagine telling a nine-year-old you're going to go to hell because you're not baptized? I was, I can't even, I can't even like explain to you like the kind of fear that I felt when she said that to me. Because, you know, this is an older person. This is someone who you see going to church a lot. Like I knew nothing really about what the Bible said. Like I knew who God was. I knew who Jesus Christ was. I knew what sin was. But I had no idea that that was the terms and agreements, which they obviously weren't because I didn't know. Like the way she said it, it made it seem so final and done. Like, oh, if you go, if you die right now, you're going to hell. And I was like, what kind of God sends a nine-year-old to hell? You know what I'm saying? Like, and even when I thought that thought, I was like, oh my gosh, don't think that because he's going to hear you and he's going to send you to hell. Like, that's when my trauma started to pan out. And I was like, yeah, this is, this can't be who Jesus Christ really is. Like, this can't be who God is. So for the next couple years, my, my relationship with God, you know, in 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, it was very strained by that experience because I had someone tell me that because I wasn't baptized, I was going to hell. So like I'm saying, like, I know that I'm not the only person who has had an experience where they've had someone in the Christian community threaten them with hell. And it's so scary and sad to me how people think that they could, like, they could just, like, make you, they could scare you into loving God. And, like, that's just, like, the opposite of who God is. Like, what? So I guess you could say that's when my religious trauma kind of, like, started when I was told I was going to hell at nine years old. So after that, I kind of began to just like, you know, be very scared of God. And I always felt like if I did the wrong thing, that like he would just like take my like little heaven card away, like in my head as a child, like if I didn't do the right thing, like God was just going to be like, yeah, you're not going to heaven. Like you're going to go to hell. Like it was very bad. And I feel like those people really took a, like a number on me, but I am glad that they said what they said because now I can make a video about this. So it's like God will use everything in your life to like use as a testimony. So I'm not even like stressing about it anymore. So a couple years went past and my relationship with God like got better because like obviously I never went to those people again. Like I never went near them again. So like my mental health got a little bit better. So then my mom wanted to start going to church here in the States and it was a jamaican church and i feel like there's kind of like a trend here when i keep talking about jamaican people. like i promise you jamaican people are not terrible and there are good jamaican christian people because i've met some but it just so happens to be that most of my trauma with religion is like like tied in with jamaican people which is terrible because i love jamaica and i love their people and i love my country but it is what it is so i remember um being at church with my mom because she wanted to start going again i think i was about like 16 at the time maybe 16 the most 17 but I was 16 I think so we had went to church and it wasn't like any like special occasion like we just decided to go to church one day and I remember I was wearing like some jeans with like very small rips 
and like an off shoulder shirt and it was like here so you know we're walking into church and you know we're I'm coming through like the aisle and it was very packed like this church was always really full like you had to like ask an usher to give you a chair so it wasn't like you sat yourself like they had to seat you so the pastor's preaching and you know I think the message at first was about like Jesus like being baptized or something like that and then I remember like sitting down and like his whole sermon changed and that sermon changed to me he brought up how women have no respect for God anymore because of the clothes that they wear into the church and at first I wasn't really thinking he was talking about me because I was like there's no way like you know what I'm saying like why would he just like you know switch up what he's saying because I came in yeah truth be told he was talking about me because my shoulders were out he was like oh girls love to come to church and they're tight tight jeans and they're very short shirts and they want men to lust after them and I was just there at 16 or 15 like okay so we're doing this again and this is when I became very like upset and not at God, but upset at people because I realized that they did not know how to deliver the word of God. Like, how can you judge me by what I'm wearing and not even who I am as a person? Like, this is why people don't want to be Christian because they're so judgmental. How could you judge someone the first thing by what they're wearing or how many tattoos they have or how many piercings they have or how their hair is cut? How could you judge someone based on their appearance and not their heart? It's like you never read the Bible a day in your life. In, in the Bible, in literally John, in John 7, verse 24, it says, do not judge by appearance, but judge with right judgment. How could you judge someone by their appearance? So anyways, after he did that, like, I was just like, you know what? Like, there's something's got to give. Like, these people can't, I was like, there's no way God is really this kind of person. Like, the way that they are acting, like, don't get me wrong. Maybe my outfit wasn't the most church attire, but I was definitely not dressed how he made it seem. And you know, it was so embarrassing because I knew that they were talking about me. So just imagine all the condemnation and hate that I felt in a church. That is so beyond me, how I could feel that much hate in a, in a place that's supposed to be filled with love. So at that point in my life, I was very turned off by the idea of becoming a Christian. Like I was still a Christian, but I never like wanted to ever go back to church after that. And that's when, like, I decided to, like, give up on church and, like, to just, like, pray by myself and, like, read by myself. And then, you know, a couple years passed and I was very lukewarm. Like, I really didn't care to read the Bible or anything like that. But I decided, like, I really wanted to, like, give my life to Christ in, like, 2021. So I did. And then after time went by, I was like, okay, it's not, like, I need to find a church. But I didn't want to go to church. Like I, like, I was already so turned off by the church where I was like, I don't want to go to church. But my aunt... You know, she had a church that she went to and I went with her a couple of times. I didn't hate it, but like I said, it still wasn't for me. And I always thought that there was never going to be a church for me. So I kind of just like gave up on the idea of a church that was, you know, for me. But, you know, when you begin to grow as a Christian and God, you know, like you want to be surrounded by people who have the same like ideas of you, ideas of you and like the same like beliefs and stuff. So my aunt, like one day she was just like searching the Internet, like for a church, like God put it on her heart to find me a church. So I remember us going, I remember her texting me and be like, hey, like, I think I found a church for you. Like, we should go. And I was like, I'm not looking for a church. Like, my church is in my room. And she's like, yeah, that's good for now. But like, you know, you need to grow in fellowship with people. And I was like, I don't want to meet any new people. So I, w I tried it out and I went to church with her and I absolutely loved it. You know, these people were so welcoming to me. It was like, I was like, this can't be real. Like, they must want something from me. And I just remember like the atmosphere just being so 
beautiful. And I was like, okay, this is what church is supposed to be. Like, this is what fellowship is supposed to be. Like, nobody was judging me based on what I was wearing. Nobody was turning their sermons around on me. Nobody was threatening me with hell. Nobody was condemning me for my tattoos. Like, I felt so welcomed at this church. And that is something that I will always thank my aunt for because I gave it a chance. Like, I I was very, like, I'm not going. Like, I was at church, like, "Mm, I don't want to be here. And then, like, something just sparked in me. Like, I just felt like God saying, like, this is the church for you. And, like, I got baptized there, and and I still go, and it's, like, amazing. I just, I'm so grateful that I found that church. So, like, in, like, in conclusion, like, I'm letting you know right now, like, don't let religious people, like, who believe that they're the most holy and righteous stop you from finding a fellowship that you can actually enjoy. Because let me tell you something, there is a church out there for you. There is a church that will literally feel like your second home. There's people out there who will accept you for who you are and not by what you're wearing or what you've done. We can't let one person or one church determine our relationship with God. We don't, we can't do that. We, we can't give them that kind of luxury where they get to choose, you know, what we do with the rest of our life and our salvation. Like, it's not going to work like that. I've been through so much, like, condemnation by people in church and people who are Christian And, you know, I almost let that stop me from becoming one myself. But I was like, no, if this is what a Christian is, I'm going to be a better one. I'm going to be a Christian that actually follows what Jesus Christ put in place, which is love. There's a big difference between condemning someone and righteously judging them. Don't get me wrong. Christians are obligated to speak up when they see something wrong. Because if you're a Christian, you know the damages of this world. You know the kind of things that are actually going to lead people to hell. So you are able to be like, hey, I know the truth. Let me show it to you. But there's a big difference in how you relay that. You know, if I see someone stealing, I can't go up to them and be like, hey, by the way, you're going to hell for that. Come on. You know, who would want to have a conversation with someone like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to lead with love first. You have to lead with love. Most of Jesus Christ's disciples were, were thieves, okay? We're tax collectors, we're liars, we're adulterers, we're prostitutes. So when you really think about it, it's like there was not one holy, righteous person with Jesus. There was not one holy, righteous person that was Jesus' friend. So, you know, why are we going out into the world and condemning the same people that Jesus came to save? Jesus Christ didn't come to save the people who are the most holiest in church. God came to save the people who needed him the most. If you see something being wrong, you know, as a Christian, like you're obligated to be like, hey, like that's probably not the best idea. But you're not going to go up to that person and threaten them with an afterlife that they probably don't even believe in. Like that's not how you're going to delay the message. You know, this is why reading your Bible is so imperative because I'm telling you right now, there are so many people who speak and don't even know what they're talking about. And it's like so scary to have conversations with people like that because they really think that they're right, which is the scary part. Because I've had conversations with people who are so headstrong on God and the word, but baby, the word doesn't even match what it is the Bible is saying. Like you're making up your own rules and regulations at this point. The Bible literally says not everyone is called to be a teacher. Like, There are a lot of people who are pastors who should not be pastors. There's a lot of people who have platforms to speak and have a ministry that don't need a ministry because all they're doing is spreading hate and fear mongering people. Not everyone is called to lead and to speak and to be a minister of the gospel because not everyone knows how to delay it. You know, a lot of times people think they're spreading the gospel, but they're really just spreading hate. Oh, by the way, if you wear that to church, God is going to kill you. If you wear that to church, you know, God will never forgive you like 
it's sad how many people are affected by these kind of people. But like I said, like Jesus Christ is nothing like these people. Nothing, 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 nothing. Jesus Christ actually despised these same people. Like a lot of people think they're doing Jesus Christ a favor by like cleaning up their church and making women look holy and this and that. But God has no idea who these people are because there's no love in their hearts. They're not judging from a righteous place. Like, you know what? I know the truth. Let me help you. They're judging from a place of I'm better than you and I know what's best. And we both know that that's not very effective. That's only going to push you farther away from God. People think that they could corner you into a wall and be like, okay, you have no choice but to serve God. Why would anybody want to serve God under those conditions? Like, why would anybody want to give their life to Christ when you're cornering them with hell and all these rules and regulations? Like, come on. Like, if you really think about it, who who is down for anything like that? You have to know who Jesus Christ is for yourself. Jesus Christ was the most loving and caring and compassionate person in this world. I mean, he laid down his life for the same people that persecuted him. Are you kidding me? You have to know who Jesus is for yourself because if not, people will tarnish his reputation, even the people who are actually in church, which is so scary. I had to get to know God for myself. I had to know who Jesus Christ was for myself. I had to read and say, wow, this is the man that looked at prostitutes and forgave them. This is a man who looked at women who committed adultery and forgave them. This is a man who healed the sick. Okay, if God, if Jesus Christ is caring, loving, and compassionate, and my pastor at my church is condemning me and telling me that I'm a whore, mm, like someone's lying. You know what I'm saying? Like someone's lying. So you have to know that Jesus Christ's character has to be a reflection of the people who are preaching. Obviously, not every pastor is going to be perfect. Not every person who comes, even me, even even though I have this podcast and I'm ministering to you guys, I myself am not perfect. And there are things that I say that I'm like, I probably shouldn't have said that. So I'm not saying that you need to look for people who are perfect to spread the word of God, but you need to look for these kind of qualities. You need, whenever you hear someone ministering or speaking of God, you need to make sure that they have the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, kindness, self-control, goodness, and faithfulness, because these are all characters of God. If they don't have any of these characters, then you need to stop listening to them ASAP. If they're spreading hate, if they're angry, if they're condemning you, then these are not people that you need to be listening to. Like, it's really sad to say... But there's going to be a lot of people who are baptized in hell. Oh, my God. Yes, because they're not actively they don't have love in their hearts. Like being like it's not works that saves you. Like, I don't know how many times I have to say that, like works will never be enough to save you. Like you could go to church 10 times a week. Okay, you could fast 10 times a day. You could pray continuously. You could cover your you could cover every inch of your body as a woman. You could never have sex. You could you could you could. You know, there's so many things that you could do, but it still wouldn't be enough to get you to heaven. Like those things are not what saves you. Jesus Christ saves you. So if someone's telling you, oh, in order for you to be saved, you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to... Babe, the only thing that you have to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and begin to live a life like him. Like, you know, people make it so much harder than what it really is. Like, this is why so many people don't want to be Christian because of how people make it seem. Something I'm so grateful for is just being able to know who God is for myself because now when people like try to scare me with him, I just laugh because I'm like, bro, 
you have no idea who God even is because God would never try to scare someone into believing in him. God doesn't need anyone. God did not send his son into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world. A lot of people have no idea who Jesus Christ really is. And it's sad because he's such an amazing, he's not a person. I mean, he's, he's so amazing and he's so loving and kind and compassionate and it breaks my heart that a lot of people, especially it's so much more sad because the church, you know, some people have made him be this monster and like this fear monger. And that's not who he is. So I encourage you guys to go and get to know Jesus Christ for yourself. Get to know that loving and compassionate and kind savior, the savior that died for you. Don't listen to what other people have to say about who God is. Yes, there are people who can minister, who are smart and are filled with the Holy Spirit, but you have to know God for yourself. Don't, you have to test the spirit every time. A lot of prophets and a lot of pe preachers disguise themselves as wolves in sheep clothing. They appear to be very sweet and holy and kind, but what's in their hearts is truly not something that you can really grab onto. And not even just people in the church, but like normal people in your family. You know, you could have a, you could have a certain individual in your family who every time they see you, they say something about your outfit or they say something about, you know, your appearance and they continue to judge you. That's not who God is. And God would never judge someone based on their appearance. Or God says, come as you are. Don't stay as you are. You're going to eventually have to change and evolve. But God is not asking you to come to him all holy and righteous and ready to go. He, he wants to do all that for you. So don't let anyone fool you into thinking that you have to be perfect before you come to God because there's nobody that's perfect. And I feel so bad for anyone who thinks that they're perfect because God is going to humble the crap out of them. Like this episode was something that I, I've wanted to film for so long and I'm so glad that it's finally going to be out there. And I pray that you guys will share this message, that you guys will take heed to this message, that you guys will pray about this and just realize that God wants a relationship with you and don't let anyone who has a their own relationship with God ruin it for you. And don't let, um, don't let one bad experience or one bad church stop you from finding a great, amazing fellowship because having fellowship is an amazing thing. And I'm so grateful that I was so blessed to have the community that I have. And if you guys are looking for a church and you live in Coral Springs, or if you live in Florida, I will leave the description in the description. I will leave the address of my church. It's on Saturdays. It goes from 12 to one. And I really hope you guys come and join if not, if you're more of an online person, I hope that you find a preacher online that does it for you or you can find someone else. But I just pray that we are able to find fellowship and just feel it out because, you know, church is not a one size fits all. You have to really see like what works for you. And I know that there's a church out there for you. So I don't think that you should give up on that idea. So before I close out, I just want to pray and just leave us on a positive note. Father God, we thank you for the word that you have given me today. May you bless someone today, dear God, who has been facing religious persecution, Father God. May they know that they are safe and free in you, God, that you are nothing like these religious people that claim to be sheep, dear God, but they are actually wolves. We pray that you will bless our minds, bless our hearts, and allow these people, dear God, to find fellowship, dear God, in their communities. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.